so today I'm going to go busk. And I thought it, I didn't think it was going to be as like, the rain wasn't going to be as heavy, but I'm going to, I'm still going to go. Are you going to go anyway? Yeah, that's what I do. Hey everybody, this is Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode number nine, we got young Chai Lee. Chai Lee is a singer-songwriter born and raised in Seattle, and he plays at just about every open mic in this city you can think of. He just put out his first ever release, The Young EP, a live recording of a recent performance he did with his new band at the Skylark Cafe. So we're gonna talk about that in a moment, but first up, we have his song, Man Like Me.
Two spots where it's 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 covered, like completely covered, where you won't get wet. You mean at Pike Place Market? Yeah, Pike Place. Yeah, there's only, there's only a couple spots. So those must be pretty coveted spots then. Uh, I don't know. Some people don't like it because there's not a lot of foot traffic, and like a lot of the people that go there are like they they make their living busking every day, and so they don't like going to. My favorite spot is called the Cave, and it's it's just like this kind of enclosed area, but the acoustics are really great. But not a lot of foot traffic and like not a lot of people can hear you. So most folks don't like playing there. But. Hmm. I guess it's kind of a, a trade-off whether you're somewhere that a lot of people are going to see you or if you're somewhere where it's a little more comfortable to yeah. perform and stuff. Yeah. How often do you busk? Like every Thursday and Friday. Just because that's the, I have those are days off work, so I just go and I do that and it's fun. It's not the best time to go because there's not that many people at the market, but... It's still... Maybe the people who are there are going to pay a little more attention to you, too. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And usually it's like a... There's always like a cool... Like last week was cool because I was busking and then these three women came up and were like, hey, hey, you sound good. I'm like, cool. And then they started singing like harmonies. And oh. I was like, oh, what? What is happening? And they were telling me about how there's a this like karaoke singing app thing yeah. that they do. And so one lady was from... Whidbey Island, another one was from Bellevue, and then there was another woman who was from Montana that they, like, they all, like, sing together. And so they, they met up at Pike Place, and it was cool. And then we did Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, 
and they like recorded the whole thing and did it. It was it was it was oh, super awesome. cool. Yeah. So there's always those moments that happen that that make it extremely fun to go out there, even when it's not great weather. You always capitalize on like the when the sun's out there. Like there's some years though that it's just like super hot, and I'm like, why? This isn't even. What's super sense. hot for you though? Like it, 85 and pretty dry. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's yeah. on the East Coast. That's a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> having weather like that in July, it'll get to like 95, and it's almost always like real humid too. <sighs> so it's no, thank you. I did that in Cambodia. I'm not trying to. No, I almost died out there. Are you? Uh, so you visited hot. Cambodia? Yeah, visited family and everything, and I got off the plane. Like I knew it was hot. Like I I understood in my head that like it's hot and humid. But then I got off the plane. And, like, my body was, like, in total shock. It was, like, what is happening? I was, like, having a super hard time breathing. And it was... Wow. I just was not ready for it. Like, I, I thought that I had prepared my mind and my body enough. But, no, that to prepare yourself for that kind of... That's next level. I, uh, I visited Singapore once, but that was in late January. So, I think it was the, quote-unquote coldest yeah, time of the yeah. year so you know Still high 70s <laughs> which is nice but i i got the feeling even right before i left like if i stayed much longer it was going to get back to 90 or 100 or geez it was like like the low was 89 was the low and that was at four o'clock in the morning of course yeah <laughs> overnight is yeah it's that hot yeah what uh drew you to cambodia that's that's where my family's from oh your extended yeah. family yeah my mom came over to America when she was like 12, 13, like 12 or 14. At some point, she's like a little iffy on the like time frame. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But yeah, she came around, came to America around then and like lived in Cambodia until then. And uh, she'd gone back twice before I, I went with her in 2015. Yeah, it was really cool. It was like a great experience. And So that's where your grandparents are as well or? You no, I don't have any more grandparents. No, not around anymore. No, no. There's um, I got a great, yeah, great uncle who's super old. He's like eighty seven or eighty eight, and like my great uncle's around that age as yeah, well. He, yeah, he's super like he's still super strong and like limber and stuff. And I'm like, dang man, like I'm like twenty. Got good genes. Yeah, man, I'm like twenty seven. My back hurts all the time. Like I got jeez, <laughs> it's terrible. You're uh. Is your dad Cambodian as well? Yeah. Yeah, the whole family. Whole family. Except for my half-brother, but he's still he's still mostly Cambodian, so. Yeah, I'd like to... I haven't seen much of Southeast Asia, but I'd definitely like to see Laos and yeah. Thailand and stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely... I was going to go back this year, but I'm going to do something else. Probably go the next year. So it should yeah. be fun, though. And actually, like, go... Because, like, I, I really wanted to just be in Cambodia for, like, that that initial, like, being there for the first time. But the next time I go, I think I'm definitely going to be, like, hitting all the other countries. Yeah, go around yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So you are from the Seattle area originally? Yeah, up in Everett. was where I was born in Everett and then moved not that far away from Everett and then went back. So I've just been here my whole life, and, like, I love it. Do you feel like the uh, musicians active in the scene around here are mostly, like, transplants from other places at this point yes like me <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of a lot of transplants like I've met a good handful of them that are from Washington and like even less from Seattle in particular 
It's really strange. Yes, it's almost like you stick out for actually being from here. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're from here? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really, it, it's like a really strange thing because I feel like there would be more musicians like from Seattle in Seattle, but it seems like they... Do they, they go elsewhere? I don't know. I, it, it almost seems like they just leave Seattle and go somewhere else. Like that's the only thing that makes sense because there's just not that many hmm. Seattle-born like musicians in Seattle. That is strange. Yeah, it's weird. How did you first get into music? How did I first get into... Uh, yeah, either listening or playing. Yeah, or... I... Well, my mom, like growing up, we like only listened to the radio and then she had a couple CDs and <laughs> she had a Bonnie Raitt CD that I listened to. I don't remember what it was, but I remember being like, oh, this is really cool. And then the Whitney Houston CDs was like a big deal in the house. And then... Yeah, just listening to the radio a lot, like like first time I heard Boys to Men, I was like eight or something. I was like right around there when I could finally like, like make decisions for myself. And uh, the first song that I heard, because my mom bought, uh, oh God, I don't remember the name of the album, but it had Can You Stand the Rain on it. And it was just, it's just an acapella thing on the album. And the, the first time I heard that, I was like, what is this? And I would just listen to it over and over because I was like, what? Is it just voices? Like, it's just voices. And uh, that was like the that first blew your time. mind. Yeah, I was like, what the heck is this? So it was really cool. I'm not sure I've ever heard a Boys to Men song. They kind of like preceded NSYNC and all that, right? Yeah, they're yeah, they before. were like, like, like early 90s when they came out with Motown Philly. That was, that was really, that's a super fun song. It's just like this bouncy, like early 90s kind of song. It's, it's real good. But yeah, all the, all the really well-known boy bands didn't really take much from Boys to Men. Well, the, the harmonies are really, like, that's what they did. And they do it still extremely well. Not, not too many people actually know about Boys to Men for somehow. And I think it might just be the, because they weren't like a pop group. They were definitely like, it was definitely more R&B. Okay, they weren't as much top 40? No, no. I mean, even though like their songs are like recognizable, if you hear it, you'll be like, oh, I know that song, but then you might not know who it is. But uh, they were big for you growing up? Oh, yeah. I, fr- I loved Boys to Men. Like, I still love them. And like when I hear it, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, this is so great. When did you start writing songs? Like almost two years ago. Oh, so it hasn't been that long. No, no, it's been, it's like a new thing. This, all this is super new, like playing the guitar. I've had a guitar for like all together 15 years, but really started playing it like five years ago. And then um, the whole singing thing was kind of, I didn't really actually properly sing before. And then I started doing it because I was like, oh, I wrote a song. I'm like, well, I don't really want anybody else to sing it because... It's like my song, it's my emotion in it. So right, you're the one to interpret it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I should probably sing well. So I started singing. So that was how long ago? Almost two years ago. So you've only been singing for like two years? Yeah. Wow, and you've never had any like uh, vocal lessons, any kind of training no. like that? No. Boy, <laughs> I got like, I don't know, three years on you. I can't hit half the notes you can. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just let my emotions do it and i think because of like i I love love otis redding and like and he's great yeah yeah and like when you hear him sing it's not he's not 
singing notes. He's not like, hey, look, I can sing this note. That's just he's raw. Just, he's him. just like, I'm singing this song and this is what it's supposed to be. And so like hearing him, like I heard sitting on the dock of the bay first and like felt something inside of myself and was like, oh, I like this. And then I listened to these arms of mine and like damn near cried because I was like, oh, this is so emotional. Yeah, he's he's really good with the slow ballads. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I love I love slow ballads. They're they're sweet. <laughs> Ray Charles is really good for that too. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you listen to a lot of yeah. him. There's there's just like a whole gang of like music from like the '60s that just hits the sweet spot. Yeah, man. And I'm just like, wow. How do I how do I do that? And then I listen to it, and I'm like, they're not even they're not even really. I don't think they even care about the notes. They don't have to think about no, it. It they just, just comes they out. Just let yeah. it, they just let it go. And I'm like, okay, let me try that. And so it's pretty much what I do. So I just let it happen. So would you say in terms of your sound, is that is that your go-to? Like, is that how you would describe your music as that sort of R&B style? Or? I, you know, I think so. I've been asked so many times, like, what kind of music do you play? Like, yeah, it's a question you, you get yeah, asked. You, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Still struggling like, to think like of an like, answer for it. Uh, um... So I realized, though, that a lot of what I write, there's this category of, of like, R&B that's called neo-soul. Neo-soul. It's, like, kind of yeah. like R&B, but then it's, like, it's it's a little... Is John Legend one of those neo-soul artists? No. no I don't think who, so. Who do you think of then? Like, um, CeeLo like, Green or... Like, D'Angelo. D'Angelo. I don't know him. Like, D'Angelo and, like, Music Soul Child and... Uh, just like there, there's this whole, almost like an, like an underground community and like culture of, of artists that are tremendous, but not a lot of folks know about them. Cause it's like this category or genre of music that isn't in the public eye, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say it's, it'd be a lot closer to Neo soul than anything else. Okay. Well, at least the new songs that I'm writing are like, they're like moving on over to that genre. And it's like the most comfortable. Yeah, but still pretty uh, guitar based. You play acoustic yeah, guitar yeah, a lot. Yeah, I I don't think I'm I don't know if I'm gonna ever get an electric or like not play guitar. Cause like being on stage without the guitar, I've done it a couple times. And I'm like, this is not comfortable. This, I'm like, ew, this is terrible. Why would you do this? So I think so. I think that it definitely will continue to be based on the guitar. But you know, I guess the more I evolve and the more I learn about music, it'll. It'll change with it. Hopefully it like changes to something cool. Hopefully I stay cool. Hmm. I don't know. What's your process when you uh, start writing a song? You just figure out some chords on guitar and how, how does that look for you? Yeah, I usually go with the, the guitar first. You just like play around for whatever amount of time. Usually I'm like uh, playing covers of songs or whatever. And then I'll just, for whatever reason, just go into my own progression that that I thought up and was like, ooh, this sounds cool. And then I play it like over and over and over before I even write any words, before I even think of any melodies or anything and try to figure out what kind of feeling it has. And so that could take like weeks or months or whatever and just sit and play it all the time. And then finally be like, okay, all right, here's the feeling. Let me just vocalize and then see what kind of melody sounds cool and then i'll just like put words mm-hmm. in there like sing words yeah that are probably totally irrelevant to what the feeling is but i'll just sing it and be like oh okay cool yeah. just to get some sounds out yeah 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 and then it goes to the writing 
once I kind of get a hold of, of what feeling it is and then the melody that I want and then words come in. and Yeah, words usually come last, don't yeah. they? Yeah, I, I don't know. Some folks can do like the opposite where they'll have like their little notebook and it's got like just like like a whole song lines like, and lines yeah and, and i'm like pages filled what? and then and the because i've talked to a few people and they're like yeah I, I usually i'll like write a whole bunch of stuff down and like take lines that i like and i'm like what? yeah i can't generate that much no and it's i i don't know but then i think that's more um geared toward like songwriters I don't know if that makes makes any sense, but like people who like what they do is write songs. Right. Like the the songwriting song. is more of a focus yeah, than a groove yeah. or your voice yeah. or that sort of stuff. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You definitely have the uh, the singer part of singer songwriter. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, down man. Pretty well. <laughs> Thank you. You've only been writing songs for like a couple of years. Yeah. Wow. I would say. So you're yeah. gonna see that change a lot more as you continue. I actually I've noticed like I use way more words now, and I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Because I don't branching out. Uh, yeah, I th making them more descriptive, more descriptive. Like so, it's like it paints a picture of what the scenario is or what what's going on. So that's been cool. It's kind of still kind of weird because I'm like, I don't really like that many words, but this is just what happens. <laughs> this recent release of yours, the Young EP. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's all live recordings. Yeah. Uh, where were you performing? When you recorded we went to, that. it was a uh, Skylark Cafe in West oh, Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, Skylark. And it's cool because they do, um, like, you just got to pay X amount for them to, like, record all the channels so you can have it and then you can mix it and kind of do whatever you want. And so that's what, that's what I decided to do because it was either take whatever amount of time it was going to take to get into the studio, yeah. track everything, and then, like, do that. And, um, and I was like, well, I need something... Now. Need something now. Yeah. So it's so. kind of like a demo in a way. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take this now. And when people ask me, hey, do you have anything? Like, where can I listen to it or whatever? Just, you got here something. you go. Yeah. And um, and so now the next step definitely is going to be actually getting into a studio to make it perfect. This I'm doing air quotes because I don't think that there's any such thing. There's That's just like a... But you want to up the uh, the sound quality yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. And then add a lot of cool stuff, like horns. Uh, horns, yeah. definitely, You're yeah. You're going to get a little ambitious with the arrangements? Yeah. Uh, I yeah don't it's definitely do the kind of music that calls for that. Yeah. There's kind of a lot of openness, and yeah. the chords are pretty simple and stuff, so you, you want to get a lot of different yeah. uh, sounds in there if you can, yeah. a lot of different parts. But what you have right now, that's your very first release. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, I know you do open mics a ton, Yes. In addition to uh, street performing, I usually just see you uh, playing by yourself or maybe you have like an additional vocalist or something, but you had a, uh, a band together. Yeah, actually, I still have that band. It's just when when it's like open mics, we trying to get, I mean, getting the full band in there for like two, three songs. Yeah, it's tough. You know, so the band is definitely still intact. We usually try to play as a band like at least once a month. Right now it's about once a month. Nice. Which is fine. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Once a month is a good pace. Yeah, yeah. Dealing with drum gear exhaust yeah. is exhausting. I don't have to. And you don't have to help out? Yeah, my, my, my drummer, uh, Dalen, just does not... I mean, he, he's just like, no, nah, I got it. And then he springs in his drums. Like, it's not like a crazy kit. But right, it's... Yeah, it's pretty basic pretty simple. Kit, yeah. Yeah, usually no one's helping him bringing it in. <laughs> 
So how did you pull all those guys together? It's a quartet or a... Yeah, yeah. There's four of us. I met... Well, I met Dalen first. <clears throat> he plays drums. I met him first through um, a mutual friend, and he told me about the uh, open mic that they have at Paragon up in Queen Anne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, place. It's, a cool, it's a cool little place, and he's like, yeah, and then we can, like, you know, back you up with, like, drums and bass and stuff or whatever you want. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went up there, and then I met Alex, who plays bass and keys in the band, because he's the, he's the host. And so I met those two first, and then Craig, <laughs> Craig, that's a funny story with Craig. So, yeah. like, I, I met him. He hadn't heard me play before. I heard him play, and I was like, yo, you're, you're really great. And then I was at uh, an open mic in Ballard, and he heard me play Man Like Me. <laughs> and I got off stage. I, like, put my guitar away, and I was talking to somebody, and he's like, you, come with me outside, bring your guitar. And I was like, oh, are we about to like fight or like have- Guitar some, battle. So, yeah, guitar battle. I don't know what's going on. And so we went outside and he was like, hey, uh, I hear a lot of harmonies. And I was like, okay. And then so that's kind of how the relationship started with Craig and I was that night of like a really uncomfortable feeling. And <laughs> then it turned into this like really great thing where he does harmonies and he's usually the- when I'm at an open mic, he's usually the one that does the backup vocals and like lead stuff. Oh, nice! If you ever see somebody with me, yeah, it's it's that fool. It's Craig. Yeah, it's Craig. And so, oh, so to answer your question, how I got the rest of the three together was I just asked them if they wanted to like be in my band because I want to start a band. And they're like, cool, yeah, we'll totally play music. I'm like, nice, tight. So, so you plan to stay with them for the uh, foreseeable future, record together and stuff. Yeah, I do believe so. I, I think that I severely lucked out with the three of them because, like, they... I don't know if I should tell people this, but... I like, mean, you we, can see how it sounds like coming we, out, and like, I can take it out later. Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't really practice, like, no, ever, don't. like, ever, but they are so good individually at their instruments that... Like, I mean, we all would prefer to practice. Yeah. Definitely. But sometimes schedule. Yeah, schedule, logistics are hard. Things, yeah. But they can, they can follow anything. If I, if I decide I want to extend something out, they just keep on going. Right. They're like uh, session musicians. Yeah. They and just pick, up, pick yeah, stuff up right away. Yeah. And so they're, they're tremendous musicians, all three of them. So I don't want to lose any of them just because they're so fantastic. So I think as long as I am able to give them uh, creative freedom, then I think they're going to be all right. And, and the band should... They can handle it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you said when you record, you want to get horns in there and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, there's like a couple songs where I think horns would would just would just set it off. Like yeah, it Otis Redding has a lot of that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching this documentary on him, and I've like read his autobiography or his biography. Probably his biography. Biography because he was dead. Um yeah. Anyway, so his his biography, I read that when I was like 16 and then um watched like a couple uh documentaries about him and found out that like he was the one who made who did all the horn arrangements. He didn't play. I never knew that. Yeah, he didn't play any of them. Uh, that wasn't his producer or anything though. No, 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 no. That was him like walking around like go like that. Okay, when you go when right here do 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 or like whatever and he was the one who like arranged it. Wow, because those are really good arrangements. Yeah, they're awesome, man. So um, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that, but. Well, it might be something you pick up. Over yeah, time. who knows, yeah. But I definitely, horns and 
I think that's real. Or maybe some like keys in there too. Like get some electric piano or something. Yeah, yeah. Cause cause Alex enjoys playing both bass and and keys, and he's tremendous at both. So having it more more produced, but at the same time keep that like raw feeling. Just cause I think that sometimes like you sound best when it's like that like raw emotional thing but then you go to produce it and then it's like overproduced and it's like not that yeah, feeling it's is easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole yeah yeah lose the original spark of the song so i'm like hoping that that doesn't happen but hopefully my selection of producers will will keep it as raw as possible but right they'll carry out yeah. what you originally had in mind see it through to uh yeah to the end yeah, well, you certainly have a lot of amazing studios to choose from around here. I know. I, I learned about a couple. Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of studio, like, a lot of, like, fancy studios and then, like, home studios that are still pretty great. And as long as you got somebody good behind those keys, like, I, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, it's really, it's really just up to uh, the mixing engineer or, yeah. yeah, the guy running it. The person is so much more important than the than the gear. Yeah. Exactly. So any uh, big events coming up in the near future for you? Got any shows you're looking forward to? Um, the, the show at the Skylark Cafe is going to be super cool. It's going to be the first like weekend show. It's so you a have Friday. a show coming up soon at Skylark Cafe? Yeah, April Cafe. 7th. Yeah. April 7th. And that's with your whole band? Yeah, that's with the, well, minus Craig, because Craig's got to go home. Bummer. Yeah. But we'll be a three-piece, and it's still going to be pretty lively. And that's going to be really exciting because I've never played anywhere in West Seattle. Met a few people from West Seattle. and uh, It just seems so remote, doesn't it? Yeah, for, so I, I don't know why. Well, because there's like literally, well, I mean, there's like a couple ways you can get into West Seattle, but like really it's just that bridge. It's cut off by water. It's just so weird because like it's its own, it's like Seattle, but it's not Seattle. It's just strange. Kind of what a lot of Seattle's like. It's still part of the city of Seattle, <laughs> yeah. but you don't think of it. <laughs> For you listeners, for those of you who don't know Seattle that well, it's like there's all these different parts of Seattle that are kind of cut off from each other in one way or another because there's so much bodies of water and bridges yeah. and like I-5 cuts the city in half and hills and it's it's really strange. It's like an obstacle course yeah. getting to some neighborhoods. And then it's even like those neighborhoods are like not like the neighborhood that's right next to. That part's that's like the weirdest part. Like Ballard and Fremont is like, they're like, they're connected. Yeah. But Fremont is way different than Ballard to me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. It's like all these places, you know, as the crow flies, they seem like really easy to get to. But then the reality <laughs> of it is, yeah. uh, I guess that's a big reason why all these different parts have their own personality because yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of crossover. Yeah. You know, you you live in one area, you tend to stay there for one reason or another. Yeah. I don't really know why, but it's cool. It's cool. Definitely builds like a sense of like pride and and community there, so it's cool. But I mean, if you're coming down from Everett all the time, yeah. you must battle some some pretty heavy traffic. Oh my gosh, it's like terrible. L.A. level, right? Sometimes it, I like sometimes I'm just like, why why are all these people on the road when I'm trying to go somewhere? Like, it's not time for you to get off of work yet. Like, right, there's no rush hour anymore. It's no. two in the afternoon is fair game now. Yeah, it's just I mean, it's terrible, man. Like it. Um, some days though it's cool and like I get down to Seattle within like 20 minutes and I'm like whoa this well, is that's crazy. ideal yeah and like if if there's no traffic I'm like 
scared that something happened or I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is this a holiday? And like, I'll run through all these scenarios in my head when there's no traffic and it's funny. It's funny, but yeah, it's, it's cool when there's none. Wow. What are you going to do? I guess move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can move and not have to deal with traffic. That'd be cool. I guess that's why you don't see a lot of Seattle musicians anymore. Cause they got tired of the traffic. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> do you have plans to leave the area at some point if your uh, music career picks up or something like that, or you're pretty happy here? I'm extremely happy here. I've visited other like cities, not any of like the quote unquote, like music cities, but, um, I've been to LA and like San Francisco and stuff. And not my cup of yeah, tea. Yeah, I, like, I get why you're making that face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. L.A. Just I've never like, been to L.A., but I'm like, why San do you Fran... want to be here? Like this place sucks. <laughs> um, so I think that even if my music career does some like super cool stuff, like home base definitely is going to be Seattle. I want to keep it local. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely something here. to be said for that. Yeah, all these places that are like hubs or destinations for musicians. After a certain point, it's just, it's too crowded. It'd yeah. be nice if local scenes built up a little bit more. Yeah. You get a better feeling of community. Yeah. And, all that. and it's definitely, definitely what I'd, I'd like to see more of, like competitive, but collaborative all at the same time here. Right. Competitive in the sense that you are, uh, you're pushing the other person yeah. to do better, but yeah. not like, uh, you not know, like a, yeah, I'm going to beat you. Hogging like, the limelight yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's definitely something that I would I would like to see more of and a lot more of like reaching out to different genres of music for shows or like there was like two two offers to play a show two offers to yeah play a show? to and and like to share share a bill with some people and I I declined because one it was like way too close to the, that April 7th show so right. I was like eh. um, yeah that's a good reason but then I was like if you if you need somebody like I got I like I know I've met a whole bunch of people and I think I could find somebody that could like fit with your bill. And so I think that's at the very least that's something that I could do is like extend a branch to like somebody yeah. else and be like, Hey, this person would be great. Kind of build up your own uh, music community a little yeah. bit more. Is yeah. that part of the reason why you like open mics so much is just to be able to connect with all the other musicians around. Yeah, here, I or? do. Well, that and the fact that like it being on stage is still super new. Oh, so it's also very good practice for yeah, you performing. Yeah. So being on a stage and doing open mics is like a in my head is an extremely necessary thing for me right now. Yeah, I'm becoming a lot more comfortable on stage, but I still still am not there. And so a part of it is being on stage more, and then um, also getting to hear other people because it's. Music is like a really communal thing, and as as like a musician, I guess there's different ways to um, decide whether you you're successful or not. But at least to me, it would be getting as many people to listen to my music and like enjoy it. Yeah, that would be successful. And but then trying to like stay true to yourself and not just like make right be authentic. Yeah, yeah. And so I I, I like open mics, and I've met a lot of super cool people that I hang out with, and even when it's not like a musical thing neat well i hope i can catch a, a show sometime yeah. see your full band and uh, i look forward to your upcoming recordings love to see what you come up with maybe you'll be uh in charge of all the trumpets and, oh, and trombones so. before yeah. you know it it's gonna be so cool oh, <laughs> all right well thanks for coming on today yeah thank you okay that was a fun chat 
I tell you, he's got a golden voice, that guy. I'll take the opportunity now to ask that all of you who enjoyed this episode of Talking About the Passion to please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't done so already. It really helps to promote the podcast. Please give a rating and write a review too if you feel at all inclined to do so. Time is running out for Talking About the Passion to have a shot at getting featured in the music podcast section on iTunes. But anyway, if any of you have any suggestions, questions, or comments from me about the podcast, or if you would like to inquire about getting featured on the podcast, you can email tatppodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album Eating Peaches. And the artwork for both this podcast and the album was done by Miranda Harmon. Still brainstorming potential catchphrases for the show. Let me know if you come up with any good ideas. Coming up now, we have another song by Chai Lee. This is Won't Let Me Down. Enjoy. We can sing a song together. Come on, guys.
no 